here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by David McDonald. Damon, we are right in the middle of a red-hot best of the Super Juniors. Matches have been terrific. It's anyone's guess how things are going to play out. Everyone's talking about it. But unfortunately, I haven't watched any of the matches. So could you please talk to us for 36 minutes about the historical significance of the Ray Watt era? <laughs> yes. I, well, the what? <laughs> when, who'd he wrestle? <laughs> no, I don't think I can. And I don't think any of our listeners would want uh, our history takes... Uh, I barely know American history, let alone uh, Japanese history. But, uh, hey, listen, I'm sure there's a nice crossover that some podcasts might be able to satisfy, right, with that history and uh, pro wrestling crossover. We do the, we do the uh, dick jokes crossover. I don't know. If you, there's, a, there's a small pocket of fans who, uh, who need that in their lives. So that's, that's what we do. So, no, I don't, I, don't know if, uh, I don't know if we could do that, Joel. I don't, I don't think we can satisfy that. I have no idea what you're talking about, Damon. I, this, straight no? from the heart. I've, I've watched nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, let's uh, get on to business then. Um, with I, I kind of invented this new segment off the fly where I like to send you weird New Japan related pictures <laughs> and do. see how you react to them. So can you please open up your WhatsApp? I've sent All you right. two images that I found. Well, someone uh, sent to me. Um, at Tran- Tranquilo Putas sent me on Twitter of uh, this is New Japan class photos. So have a look at this. And can you just describe to the <laughs> listeners what you're seeing? Okay. So, yeah, uh, this would be like a yearbook or um, actually it feels like there were those every year. And I collect them every time I go there. Um, they are the pro wrestling yearbooks where they have every wrestler and they're all, it's like a, almost like a mugshot that they have of them in their affiliated promotions, right? Um, so it looks like a mugshot. But th- this person uh, that has created it, it's like they're in you know, third and fourth grade. That's about the age level. And every face, I mean, how is that? I mean, I'm assuming Photoshop is involved here. But so, yeah, I see... Uh, I see Takahashi up there with a, he's an eight-year-old with a mustache, <laughs> but it looks great. Like, it doesn't look dopey. Naito looks great. Um, these are little kids, fucking folly. Um, this is great. The Gautama Tonga. Yeah, so, uh, you know, obviously they're doing some type of uh, face manipulating software to make them look like uh, little kids, but uh, they, but the kids look spot on. Like, like, like if Yo were eight years old, Yo looks like eight years old. Uh, it looks like eight years. Fucking Yano looks great. This is pretty awesome. I, I love it. Uh, yeah, you got. I'm finding uh, a eight year old's uh, Jado D 
deeply disturbing. Yeah, yeah. Bottom left-hand corner. Yeah, I'm looking at that one. Look at the Yoshihashi. But Yoshihashi is pretty great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Ah, oh, that is pretty I'll tell you what. Um, the Tenzan one is pretty... Look at the Makabe one. <laughs> this is fantastic. Yeah, you got to check these out. This is pretty good. Um, whoever did that, hats off. Uh, see, now this is, this is content that the New Japan people want. This is, the, this is the content New Japan fans want. You, you send that out, you'll get a laugh. That, that'll make your day. It's good stuff. Good. Yeah, so I've tweeted that out from our uh, Twitter account. So at the Super Jcast, you can see those funny pictures there. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's all I've got, Damon. Let's get into the uh, news then. Well, um, no, wait, 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 wait. You know what we could do? We could do, a, we could do an interesting bit too, you know. Um, maybe every periodically what I'll do is I'll just chime in with some American history, right? <laughs> I'll just like <laughs> like a random fact. I'll be like... George Washington crossed the Delaware River uh, in 1776 to uh, ward off British troops during the Battle of, uh, of Independence for the United States. How's that? I can do that, right? Because that's what New Japan yeah, fans want. We're going to put the hardcore history guy, Dan Conn, we're going to put him out of business as well. Uh, you're right. Right. So we could do that. I'll just, I'll just randomly throw in random history references because that's what new japan pro wrestling fans want all right we could do that so we've done a travel podcast we do mm-hmm. food podcasts and now mm-hmm. we're doing a history podcast yep yep i'm in i'll consider it done i will i will i will take care of that just periodically throw in a nice bit of history just to keep keep our fans get just to give out uh, you know, new japan fans what they want you don't watch game of thrones do you no i've never watched an episode and i don't say that like like trying to be mr i don't, I don't watch a huge amount of tv be honest with you. and and when I do it's usually sports. Yeah, um because I've got it downloading at the moment. It's the final ever episode. So Ooh. we're just gonna rush through this podcast in about half an hour. Yeah. Uh, best of Super Juniors, pretty good. Uh see you next week. And <laughs> right. bye. Toodaloo. Right. Hit the music, Dan. All right. <laughs> Let's get into the news then. There is uh, big news here that uh, Tamatonga is booked for a Defy Wrestling show in Seattle July 26th and 27th. So putting that together with his comments last month where he was saying he doesn't want to be in the G1 anymore, we could take this, uh, can we take this to safely assume that he is out of the G1? How many dates? How many dates are we looking at in Seattle? Two, July 26th and 27th, uh, which would think- be slap bang in the middle of the G1. So okay. you would think that if he was in the G1, he would not be taking time out of the grueling schedule to fly to Seattle, work two dates, and then fly back again, back into the thick of things with the G1. I think he's out. I'm t- I'll tell you what. He's going to Seattle. I guarantee you he's going to do an edible or two. Guarantee it. <laughs> I think Tamatanga is going to do an edible in Seattle. They're legal. You, you can do... What's that? Uh, marijuana. Uh, okay, right. Marijuana is legal in Seattle. So... In, in the city limits, you can go to a store and buy weed and buy edibles. Um, and I guarantee you, so Tamatan. We'll, we'll maybe he, he is still in the G1 and he's going to return like on G1 night five in Yamagata with like really red eyes and just very yeah. lethargic. Just fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that seems like his style, right? He, he seems like he was a guy that would do an edible. Um, Listen, I'm not going to say it's completely out of the question that he is still in G1 because it's two days. And I don't know their schedule, and it could be off days. I, I don't know. And No, and, there's never going to have you know, never gonna happen. two off days. 
And in two off days, you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to quickly, in the middle, like I said, one of the most physically demanding tournaments in professional wrestling. Are you really going to spend those off days flying to Seattle to work two back-to-back wrestling shows? Again, Joe, edibles. (laughs) 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 People do some crazy shit for some edibles. Um, uh, Probably not. Probably not. But I, I can't. I can't, I can't. I can't discount. I can't discount it one hundred percent. I'm going to be honest, but uh, probably not. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, if he is out, then that's four spots up for grabs because there's no Elgin, Tamatonga, Adam Page, or Kenny Omega. So, just mm-hmm. top of your heads, Damon. Give me four names to take those four spots in the G1. Okay, um, I would think Osprey's got to be one of them, right? Even though he's now competing in the best of the Super Junior. I think it would be silly at this point to exclude him from G1. I think he is a definitely hard in. Um, you know, there was a lot of people talking about um, uh, Brody King and and him making a debut during Best of the Super Juniors just so people can, can become a little bit more familiar with him and him being an entrant. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I like him a lot. Um... I would say, but I would say that's a little, like, of the four, he would probably fall in just making it, so at that four spot. Um, how about that Jeff Cobb? I think Jeff Cobb would be a person that would have to be in it, and I think Tai Chi would have to be in it, right? I think those are three definites that have to be in it, and then that four, you got a little bit of wiggle room um, for that fourth spot, and right now I'm kind of high on, on Brody King, so I wouldn't have that much of a problem with that yeah i think those are the four names that i was thinking of unless they want to bring in uh, an outsider which would be interesting so definitely going to be a lot of speculation a lot of buzz following uh the well in the kizuna road tours that's usually when they announce stuff like that uh the other thing damon did you see this quote doing the rounds by one nicholas jackson about his uh new japan contract no what's what's wrong with it? he has a new japan contract huh well, for, speaking of his expired, well, let me just read it to you. Oh, he right. says, you know what's sad? New Japan and ROH could easily have come together and offered us the contracts they wanted, but they just didn't do it, Nick laments. New <laughs> Japan never saw the value in Matt and I. They never paid us good. We would have to, we, we would have had to work with New Japan for another two decades to get even close to retiring, and the style they demand is backbreaking. Ring of Honor paid us a lot better than New Japan. We could probably retire there, but we would have to work probably another decade with them. We pitched it to both of them. Why don't you guys get us a dual contract? And they just didn't get it done. We would have easily stayed and there would never have been an all elite wrestling if they would have met what we wanted, but it didn't get done. So a lot of people have responded to this with uh, incredulity. Is that a word? Uh, Given the relatively small number of dates that the Young Bucks work, particularly last year. Uh, Damien, what are your thoughts on these quotes about New Japan failing to pay the Young Bucks what they think that they're worth? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that was a, a, a couple different factors. One, that that was the major disconnect, right? It was New Japan really didn't really see them as valuable cogs in the wheel. Um, and that might have been short-sightedness on New Japan's part when it comes to the U.S. Expan- expansion. We've talked about that a million times. But the, the demands of the Young Bucks thinking that, you know, the the pie the piece of the pie that they felt like they deserved for that U.S. expansion they, they couldn't come to an agreement. Now here's the thing: I know people are making a would or 
are going to you're telling me they're making a big deal of it and and I would assume that it would be a thing that the uh new Japan fandom would make a big deal out of but that's just them kind of saying the truth in the sense of we felt like we were we were here when it came to value and the company felt like they were there what what he's conveniently leaving out though is the fact that yeah his his idea and and the young bucks idea and let's be honest here Kenny Omega's idea of who they want the company to be uh, uh, revolved around and how they want to be involved in the company didn't jive with what New Japan wanted to be, right? That's that that's the, that's it at the end of the day. If New Japan felt that they were as valuable as they thought they were, I don't think there would be a problem. But we failed, you know, they failed to communicate the fact that, you know, as we like to joke about, Joel, you know, Kenny is an eight, right? He is an eight on a certain scale <laughs> that, that will go that will go name. And here's the thing: we haven't, you know, that's not something that we made up. That's something that we were told. And that that eight is not a positive number, a, a positive scale number, right? Um, and it's no secret because you can go back and listen to quite a few different interviews. One that we did with Kevin Kelly. One that uh, John Carroll did on wrestling uh, Amakazi, is it? Um, where you know, look, it's, it's no, it's no, you know, secret that you know, from the from a company perspective, they didn't value the Young Bucks as much as they thought they should be valued. That's okay. They went on to greener pastures for them. They got a great opportunity. They got an opportunity that, that that only a handful of people in the business have gotten, and they're going to make it the most of it. I'm happy for it. I, I think it's good. But, you know, what are you going to do? It, New Japan did not see the value in in Young Bucks and Kenny Omega for for the price that they were definitely demanding. Yeah, I do respect and admire them saying – you know, betting on themselves and thinking, no, I'm worth more than that. And I think it takes a lot of courage to do that. So uh, even if I might not agree with what they think they're worth, then you have to admire the hustle of it. Um, are you, I know this is off topic, but are you going to be watching Double or Nothing at the weekends? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot, a lot, I'm hoping to have a, a good show out of it. But truth be told, my interest is more for the historical value of it. Because it is a historical moment, um, I don't think anybody can can turn. Even if you're, you know, it's just so pro WWE or anti AEW. I think you watch because it is a it is a historic moment in pro wrestling. Um, so it, yes, even if you are sorry, it's right. If you are pro WWE, this competition, this elevate competition, is going to make whoever's in charge of that well, Vince, do better. So yeah. it's going to make WWE better. So if you love WWE, then you should welcome this competition. I think everyone said it. I know it's cliche at this point, but anyone who loves pro wrestling should be cheering for All Elite Wrestling to succeed because more competition is good for everyone. Absolutely correct. I don't think and I don't think I need to go on about that. We've said it a thousand times, and it's the first time in you know a lot of people's lifetimes. So let's, let's think about that. First time in a lot of people's lifetimes that, you know, that are even listening to this show, 
that are going to truly experience that feeling of, holy shit, there is an option. Ring of Honor has always been an option. It's, you know, we know the struggles. New Japan is trying to be an option, but we know the struggles. I, I hate this, you know, All Elite is the really the first time in, in years that people feel like there's competition, and that's a good thing. All right, well, let's get into these best of the Super Junior shows. And first thing I want to talk about is Caprice Coleman, who joins the commentary booth for this. Now, at first, Damon, I'm not going to lie, I was very down on him because I thought he didn't know enough about the product. I think if you're going to come in and commentate on New Japan Pro Wrestling, there is a baseline of knowledge in the wrestlers and the product that you need to have. And I thought Caprice Coleman was below that. But he learned really, really fast. And he brings to the table... He feels a bit like a UFC analyst. He makes you feel like you're watching legitimate combat sports. He's explaining the choices that the wrestlers are making, why they're doing it, what the possible outcomes could be, how his opponents might respond to it. He nails the story of every single match. Bless him, he even tried to give a legitimate game plan explanation to Taguchi's bum shenanigans uh, in his match the other night. So I was really impressed by Caprice Coleman. Yeah, I, com- I was impressed and a little jealous, actually, because uh, he kind of sounds like the way that I would kind of position myself if I were to be doing that role, right? Um, he, he, just like you said, kind of coming up with logical explanations for nonsense. Yes, uh, from a broadcast perspective, he it was a it was a little bit of struggle the first couple of nights I would say the first two nights just because there was a there was so many people on the mic right and it, there really weren't any defined roles where it felt like everybody was just trying to get their shit in right um, and but then once the dust settled a little bit and people kind of found their groove and really when it was a two man booth I think Caprice did a really great job a really great job I enjoyed I actually wound up enjoying the first night. I'm not going to lie, I had to put on earphones because it was it, – not that I didn't like what I was hearing, but I was hearing too much of it, and it was taking me out of the matches. It really was. So I had to just focus on the matches, put on earphones, and away we go. Um, but as the, as it got, went on, it really felt like he was catching a groove, and I enjoyed it, and, and I thought he did an outstanding job, and um, I would put, put him – I would put him in, in the upper class. I would put him in the upper class. I think he did that well. So, um, And it's hard. And here's the thing, too. I don't think that he didn't know the product. I really don't. And unless he like just really crammed when he was in Tokyo. But I don't, I don't think he did. I, I think he knows the product. I think he – you forget shit. I mean, once that mic goes live and you're like, nope, you know, I got to do this now and talk for two hours and – you forget shit, and it's not like you have you know all your notes, and you probably want as little notes as possible, um, because then you just start getting into you know information overload, and you know you're not you're not natural at that point. You're just reading a list of notes. It's hard. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's not that easy. Um, I have I have I have a, I have a respect for people who do that kind of shit, um, because again, it's very easy. Like for us right now, right? We we to me, I'm just talking to Joel, and but to a certain degree, I think we treat this as if we were live on the air. Um, 
and we don't do a ton of post-editing. I mean, it's got to be something where we just completely bomb and we have to take it out. Or we, we completely forget a random fact and we're like, all right, we got to take that out. Um, like, like something really – like I did two weeks ago that Dan didn't take out. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you're live on the air, it's, you know, it's not that easy. I can't – you know, it's not that easy doing eh, – whatever. You know the deal. I think he did fine. I, I, I don't need to go on about him. I saw a really interesting tweet from our good friend Chris Charlton – who, let me try and find it for you. So, putting right, well, you, the curtain a little. On, yeah, I was about um, to say. Yeah. When you, I, we're, I'm going to talk over you like I'm going to do Caprice Coleman. <laughs> um, uh, while you look, I can I can give a, a historical fact if you want. So you you set okay, it up. I've got you it go here, look. but you, you you go ahead with your historical fact. All right, here we go. Uh, Ronald Reagan, former president of the United States, he's best known for being president, of course, and acting in numerous films. But he was also a prolific uh, lifeguard. He saved 77 people from drowning. So, listeners, what more could you want? You are being educated as well right? as entertained. Thank you. All right, now let's move on. All right, so Chris said, uh, well, someone tweeted him, said, my favorite thing about the New Japan English commentary team is that they know when to back away and let the arena speak for itself. I credit Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton for the intuition. And then Chris Charlton said, most on Kevin's instincts and management, he gives better hand signals in a match than Taguchi. So this is something I didn't realize that Kevin Kelly has given these little hand signals to tell his uh, his uh, teammates on the commentary booth when to lay out and let them oh, yeah. match and the atmosphere breathe for itself. Yeah, yeah. So um, you have to, right? Especially with a three man booth. Um, if what do you think the hand signal is? Middle I'm- finger. Yeah, finger point to you, uh, up, you know, hands up. Putting his hand over your mouth. Yeah, right. Right, a rope around the neck. Um, a, a, a towel rope slashing with, motion. Right, a towel with chloroform in it, on it. Uh, yeah, all kinds of, you know, just subtle things you learn in broadcasting school. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, you, if you watch, again, not many people are as, uh, uh, have access like like uh, I do, like broadcasting Damon does. But you, you know, like you'll see, like when I go to games and cover games, we sit near, not too far near, but close to, like the broadcasters, you know, who, who's doing the live calls of the games, and you can see them. You can see how they communicate and bring people in. You know how they want to bring people in on their color co- commentating team, and it is. It's hand signals, and it's it's that. A, a lot of it is chemistry. Uh, you get to work with. A, person for many years you kind of know their cadence you kind of know when they're wrapping up their thought and they can and you can hop in but yeah a lot of it is is that that hand signal and that and that bringing in especially for people who don't have broadcasting experience it's um you know kevin knows they're nervous kevin knows they're uh you know they're going to stumble but he, he his job is to as as joel's job is here to drive the boat and he does a great job of it, of course, because he's constantly getting new people. He's constantly having to really drive the ship. And uh, so every time you hear these broadcasts and you enjoy them, I mean, yes, it's Chris who's who's chiming in with his his uh, wrestling historical takes, which are awesome. Um, and it's the other personalities that come in and out, whether it's Don Callis or Caprice or... Uh, Gino or whomever they got lined up, those guys are there to add the spice. Um, but it's it's Kevin that's driving that ship. So if they were to come to you, Damon, and say, pick the 
top NJPW English commentary booth for the biggest show, like Wrestle Kingdom. How many people have you got in that booth? Who's in there? Three people is fine. Um, it's it, Kevin. It's Don Callis. It's uh, Chris. Those, those, it would be that. Because I think for the for like a Wrestle Kingdom, you want those. You you want comfortability. You don't want to. There's too much going on, right? You gotta be. You gotta have everybody on the same page to make it easier on everybody. Like on a random best of the Super Juniors card, you can point and do all. You know, you can do all that. But when it's the when it's the World Series, when it's the Super Bowl, you want your A team that is comfortable. Um, where Don and Kevin are front and center, and Chris is there to add spice. The reason I ask is our our colleague, uh, Joe Lanza, said that he, at this point, prefers Kevin and Caprice to Kevin and Don. Um, I could see I could see that. Caprice, is, Caprice did a great job. Um, but I would say that Caprice would need to learn. It's, it's not what Caprice is saying. It's when he's saying Right, he's just got to learn his spots, and that comes with working together more often. Um, but there's got to be a little bit more fluidity between Kevin doing play-by-play, Caprice adding color, right, and and that that smoothness. Right now, the, the waters are a little choppy with that when it comes to the flow uh, that I think Don and and Kevin have a little bit uh, more of a, of a you know easier seas they navigate. There's a little bit more fluid between their back and forth than Caprice and Kevin. But that is something that can be worked on. And that is something that can be uh, enhanced as they work more and more together. Yeah, I like the excitement and the energy that Caprice brings. There was one moment where there was nearly a double countout spot and he just screamed, get in the ring, which I thought was quite good. I enjoyed that. Uh, we got a tweet here from Wallachian Tyrant who says, anyone else think of this? And he includes a animated GIF file of Mark Morrison doing Return of the Mac. Every time Caprice yells, Oh my God! So, there you go. Ha ha. Enjoyed that. So, uh, on the card of these shows, a few little bits and pieces. Juice Robinson has been using a high-angle Boston Crab maneuver, so he's got a little secondary finishing going on. And we got a bit of news from DDT, Dramatic Dream Team uh, Wrestling in Japan, who did a, uh, a piss take, a pastiche of the Time's Up knife pervert 2 video that have been playing for juice robinson so they did their own version of it with someone out to get uh dino and it turned out to be chris brooks so our mystery challenger for juice robinson is not chris brooks so um a few people asked about this connor says with chris brooks going to ddt and seemingly out of the times up equation is it a lock that it's tomoyuki oka so some people have speculated it's oka because obviously he's got the connection to the uk because there was a uk flag in that vignette Maybe he'll be returning from his excursion, which I thought would be really funny. If we do have Oka doing a like a Hell's Angel gimmick, that would be quite funny. I want him to ride to the ring in a Harley Davidson like uh, like the Undertaker used to do in the early 2000s. <laughs> uh, who else could it be? Could be Davey Boy Smith Jr. getting repackaged because obviously he's got the UK connections. Uh, a couple of people have suggested maybe Mark Haskins uh, betraying Juice because he's obviously part of his lifeblood stable. But... He is not the tallest uh, and biggest wrestler, Mark Haskins, so that might look a bit weird. 
And also, I mean, I don't know if New Japan would be going with Ring of Honor angles in one of their big shows like that. Uh, John Moxley, maybe, but again, the UK flag wouldn't make sense. Uh, Stu Bennett, the artist formerly known as uh, Wade Barrett. So, few names in the air. So, now that it's not Chris Brooks, Damon, your thoughts on this, please? Well, I'm a little disappointed because I was kind of, I thought the. Like we weren't told it was Chris Brooks. That's right. We weren't told that, but we kind of speculated and we looked at body shape, and you know, we kind of figured that would be the best fit. And we kind of assumed, being that we uh, saw, you know, we did a lot of assuming on that one. I think a lot of people did too. Um, I've not heard a name. I'll be truthful. I've not. No one has even. I've heard the speculation of the names that you have had, but nobody's come to me and said. Uh, I believe it is this person or that person. At least anybody that I uh, would respect. <laughs> um, wouldn't it be funny? <laughs> that would be kind of funny. He's, he's had some visa issues, from what I understand, right? He's had some issues. Uh, he hasn't, hasn't wrestled a lot in, in the UK. Who? Oka. Oka. Um, yeah, it's been a while since his last match, actually. Let me pull up the old cage match while, yeah. while we're at it. I haven't I haven't heard uh, much about him. I want the uh, friends in in uh, London area. He always says I'm not from London. I was like, hey, right, listen, that's a, that's a you're you're from London. Trust me. Um, would have uh, would always give me information when he would wrestle because they love the gimmick, the great uh, with his silly little question mark like the Riddler. He would they would always uh, let me know. Because I wasn't the biggest fan of the gimmick. But uh, I haven't heard much about it. Right, that. a cage match. It says yeah. his last match was the new beginning in USA shows. So that was back in the beginning of February against Harlem Bravado and Tracer mm. X. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Are we, uh, are, are, are we bringing up somebody back already, huh? We're bringing somebody back already? That'd be funny if he tries to have a British accent. Like he tries to speak in a British accent. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, All right, governor. <laughs> right, right, right. Complete cockney. Yeah, yeah. Comes to comes to the ring to park life. It'd be great. Oh my god. Has a little scooter. How long has he's he been, been gone for it. Uh, this would be less than a year. He yeah. he went off in his last match here for New Japan was twenty fourth of June last year. So that will be a pretty short excursion. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, I don't know, but here's truth be told: I don't have a I don't have a good guess of who this is, um, and people are pretty tight-lipped, so we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. I'm sure collectively we'll figure it out. But but if I'm looking at pure entertainment value, I I would want I would want that. That would be great. Okay, what else have we got here? Uh, Brody King. So you mentioned Brody King earlier. He's been working these undercards. It seems like. He's become quite popular with the Japanese fans. He's impressing them with his big man, high-flying maneuvers. So some speculation that he might be in the G1. And also we have Villain Enterprises talking about recruiting a new member, which made me think, given that they were doing all this stuff in New Japan, that maybe Marty Skull might be sticking around. So I don't know what you think about that, or if you have any thoughts on who Villain Enterprises' new member could be, whether it could be a member of the New Japan roster, uh, and aside from that, Lachlan asks, is there any hope Brody King could be used as a regular import for New Japan after this tour? I, I, I mean, I, I don't think anybody is surprised in knowing that that Best of the Super Juniors debut is, a, you know, a, um, you know a, 
a, a bit of a test, right? Bit of uh, okay, what what can we do, and how can we do it, and 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 how good is he doing it? I don't think he's done fine, right? Um, I don't know if he is a lock for G one. They might even be expanding G one more than 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 the four open spots, right? You got to figure that, uh, you know, we're going to have some some dads finally say, okay, uh, I can't do this this year. So you would kind of guess maybe one spot there that might open up. And then even if they decide to expand it even more, kind of like what they did with best of the super juniors, is always a possibility. So, Yeah, but then would they they kick out Tamatonga if they were expanding? You would think not. And again, that's, again, I'm not, until I see those blocks, and until I, well, at least I, until I see the participants officially announced, or or we get word of who who the people are, I'm finding it hard to believe that Tamatang is not going to be in it. I just I, I I don't I know the flight the plane you know people have done crazier things in pro wrestling when it comes to travel and working the next day across the globe. Um, I mean, we see it all the time at Wrestle Kingdom, where guys are flying out that day to meet, meet you know, to, to catch a shot in in Ireland or something. It happens. Um, oh, one thing, of course, we didn't mention is that you'd assume that Juice's Mystery Challenger will also be in the G One and will be taking one of those spots. Yes, yeah, you would think so too. Um, so then we're thinking Juice Challenger, Osprey, Tai Chi, Chi. and then. Cobb or Brody Kick. I would, and and right now, if if you know, if I had to pick between the two, I'm I'm a little bit just because of the freshness factor of Brody King. But let's be honest here, Jeff Cobb is, and, and I hate using the word deserves, but but you know, if if we're looking at position of the company, the guy held the never title, you know, a mere month ago. Uh, I would say Jeff Cobb's in. Uh, question about these venues then for Best of the Super Juniors. What do you think of the Yamagata Big Wing, which they've hosted the last two shows, which just looks like a massive warehouse and it doesn't look the best on these multicam shows, but honestly, David, I kind of like it. I like the I fact it. that it looks a bit shit. Yep, I love it. I love the fact that wrestlers getting to the ring have to walk around a projector. <laughs> I I get a slight giggle from that every time I see it. Um I don't know. There, there is a some a, a warmth, like uh, for a building that seems very cold and very um, lack of personality. It certainly has warmth and personality. I don't know. I love it. Uh, and again, I just love that little box sitting in the middle of the aisle that the wrestlers have to walk around. That's used for the projections. It's it's. Uh, I would love to see a show there. I think that might be um like if if I were going to be doing a pro wrestling tour of Japan, I I feel like I have to see a show there. I would have to see a show there. That one, and I love the um, and I forget the name of it. It's the one where the, it's just the yeah, the hard camera shot is just that gigantic wall. It looks like you're in an air plain bunker um it's just a giant wall of cement um like like like, and i think there's like windows at the very top oh my god it's so it it feels like you're um like in a mad max movie or something it's great uh and of course where's the dragon gate run um the one with the stained glass windows that's a beautiful building man 
Oh, I would love to see a show there. In, in Osaka, is it? I love that building. Yeah, it is. Beautiful, beautiful. Yep, that's that's that. Just general thoughts on Best of the Super Juniors. I like that there's ongoing continuity between the undercard stuff and the Best of the Super Juniors matches that run from one show to the next. So we've got guys selling injuries from one match to the next, establishing secondary finishers on the multi-man tag matches, guys starting feuds in those matches and in the backstage stuff. So that's been a nice touch, which is, I think, you know, encouraging people to watch the undercard matches. We're getting very diverse matches stylistically. A lot of people have said there's something for everyone. We've got a big mix of uh, sort of Japanese-style pro wrestling. We've got lucha stuff. We've got the Brit rest stuff. We've got the grapple fuck stuff, submission stuff. So uh, very, very diverse. You sit down, you watch the five matches, you'll get a, a little bit of everything, a smorgasbord of wrestling. So what are your thoughts so far, Damon, overall uh, on this and the expanded form as well? Because we've got 20 people instead of 16. So we're getting one extra... Uh, best of the Super Juniors tournament match each night. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I've really enjoyed just about every show. I, not even just about every show. I, I've enjoyed every show. Now, there have been matches where I've felt uh, have been a little bit uh, underwhelming. Um, we'll talk a couple uh, about a couple of those. I think the biggest thing is this, is that there have been moments uh, where, as as we like to call them, Joel, the 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 Jesus Christ, uh, um, what do we call them? Jesus Christ calls or Jesus Christ shouts or uh, the Jesus Christ count uh, hasn't been. I like to call it the Jesus Christ quotient. Quote. Okay, I I, I think I made a Spotify playlist called uh, the Jesus Christ count. Um, it, that factor hasn't been pinned yet. Like that ha- that we haven't. You know, we, I don't think for the most part we have been uh, hitting double digits, single high single digits on the Jesus Christ counts. And I think that's where, if anything, this might fall just a smidge short in people's expectations. I think that is a minor critique in the sense that we will be. This is a long tournament. We've got plenty more to go. We've got plenty more matches to go. And I don't think these guys are going to kill themselves uh, in the middle of nowhere Japan on a, you know, third night, fourth night, fifth night, when we've got to get to seventh, you know, eighth and twelfth night um, in good shape, right? We're going to have solid pro wrestling matches, and I really feel like we saw a lot of them. But again, that Jesus Christ count that we talk about um, might, might be a little bit low right now. And all I would say is patience. Patience, patience, because uh, I think you'll get more. I think that will rise as the tournament will go on. So what I thought we'd do, Damon, instead of uh, breaking down 30 odd matches, we will go through each of the competitors and talk about our general thoughts on them and give them a letter grade for their performance so far, because it's the end of the academic year. I'm writing report card comments. So let's keep with that theme. So let's start with a block starting from the bottom. We have Takamichinoku on zero points. Who's lost to Tiger Mask, Jonathan Gresham and show. I'm giving Taka a C plus. He's been fine. 
Gresham match was disappointing. I expected an amazing grappling contest. I thought Taka would really go out of his way to try to play to Gresham's strengths and put on an amazing contest. Maybe it was because of the car placement that it was the opening match on that, uh, best of Super Juniors match on that show and they thought that they couldn't show up other people. I don't know, but that one fell below my expectations. But I did enjoy the Taka versus show match with them training submissions. That was pretty cool. So what are your thoughts on Taka? Yeah, I thought I thought you you got that in in the show match, right? Um, yeah, he's you know he's opening card guy in the tournament matches, right? Um, that that's that's what I feel is his role. His role is to get people over. Um, I think he's been solid. Um, I actually went like a B minus for Taka because I think in his role he does it very well. He's expected to get people over. And he's done that. Um, he's solid. I, I let those. Uh, and I and I think here's another plus for Caprice. Actually, you know when they were talking about, uh, you know how he's able to, you know, and and Kevin Kelly too. I don't want to, you know, take away from the job he did on this. You know when he's talking about the involvement with Zach Saber Jr. Right, and how they're both learning off each other with Zach, or excuse me, with with um, Taka. Having him in that armbar submission kind of octopusy kind of thing, uh, you know that 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 is very Zach esque, right? So, no, I think I think Taka is filling the role of what everyone expected him to do, and he's a solid hand, and he's doing it well. So I gave him a B minus. I'm looking forward to his upcoming match against Kanemaru. The two. Suzuki and Sleaze guys going at it. Uh, let's move on to Kanemaru then. Yoshinobu Kanemaru also on zero points. He's lost to Tiger Mask, Titan and Shingo. I'm giving Kanemaru a B-. His first two matches I thought were pretty forgettable, but the Shingo match, oh boy, that was incredible. I love that one. They've got great chemistry, which I had noted all the way back to when they were having the uh, junior tag matches together. And I thought there were some terrific spots in this match with uh, Kanemaru and Shingo. When... Kanemaru dropped Shingo on his knee through the table and that table just exploded. And then the camera cut to Taichi and Taichi had this little shit-eating grin on his face, like this this little smirk. Oh, it was so good. Uh, just some really fun spots there uh, where we had Shingo blocking the whiskey spray with his chair and then Shingo using the whiskey himself. And obviously a lot of people are talking about Shingo here, but let's give credit to Kanemaru because I thought he was terrific in working from the top ruthlessly going after Shingo's knee because I usually hate leg matches. They're usually really boring, but this one was great. And I thought Kanemaru did a fantastic job in making Shingo into an effective baby face in peril, Bingo. which I wouldn't have thought prior to this match. Bingo. Bingo. You, 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 that, that, that was my exact thought. Again, to that point, I, would, I was in the C range for Kanemaru. I thought he's done a good job. I want to say anything spectacular. I wouldn't say anything. The one thing in that Shingo match is exactly right. He, he he was able to communicate and work that knee in a fashion that made Shingo baby face material. Not to say that he's not over and fans don't like him, but like I don't know if necessarily baby face is is the term I would use to describe Shingo. Right? I, I it just it, you know. A badass, uh, a beast, uh, a fucking ass kicker, whatever. Babyface? Hmm. Okay. Worked perfectly, right? 
and him working that methodical style knee work, and it was never really boring. It never really took me out of the match. And you're right, it can that you, you when you hear leg work, you, it's instantly your eyes roll in the back of your head, and you're like, oh my god, jeez. It's like sitting. No, I was going to say something rude. Never mind. You know where I was going with that. <laughs> with that. I do. <laughs> and some of our listeners will know as well. Right, you're just like you felt every single second of that's 36 minutes. <laughs> right, 30, 36 minutes feel like three hours, huh? Uh, it's like that, you know. You know, you 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 you're, you're ready for a nap. Uh, not not here, not here. Uh, great job by both of them, and that kind of sh- helped shoot up Kanemaru, you know, performance wise, because because I you knew he was great. In that heel role, we see it all the time in the in the junior. Right, he's the heel master, Damon. Heel master. He's got a T-shirt that Kevin Kelly pointed out. Uh, now nah, this this helped him. Uh, B minus, B minus, uh, so far. But that 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 one match helped jumped him up a grade level. Um, just his work with Shingo, awesome job. Next up, we have Show, who has two points. He lost to Shingo and Dragon Lee and beat Taka. I'm giving Show an A minus. First of all, we need to talk about his look. He's got a new look. I think he looks fantastic. He looks like an ace. He's got the black hair now. He's got the new shorts. But I think his music stinks, Damon. For me, chip tunes, that's not a main event sound. Chip tunes, great on a, a retro style video game like Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight, brilliant chip tunes soundtrack. I love it. But for someone who is ostensibly a future main event babyface wrestler, don't like it. I think it's a bad fit. But that's a, a minor critique there. When you do see a guy with a new look and new music, that's clearly used as a, like a, a visual musical indicator that the guy's receiving a push. Shingo match, absolutely incredible. Uh, I'm glad that he didn't win that. He was getting bullied in that one. And that's the story. I said it on last week's show. He needs to be chasing that win for years. For years. He needs to go like 0-4 or 0-5 against Shingo so that when he finally gets that win place is going to explode and it's going to be even more meaningful so I'm glad they made that choice I think show works better as either the babyface and peril or the hot tag I'm not sure that him working from the top placed with strengths as he did in the dragon lee match now the dragon lee match was good but for large parts of it when he was in control I I don't think you were getting the best out of him there but I thought all three matches were really good Shingo match was terrific one of the best matches of the tournament dragon lee match very good uh Taka match Fun submission stuff. I mentioned that before. So A minus for show. Yeah, I think to me, show. It, and and again, we had high expectations going into the tournament, right? We we kind of circled shows matches and shows performances uh, as much 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 must see. I, I can say that easily. Uh, he's delivered, and he's delivered early. Again, you want your expectations are high for the first night. Main event delivers, right? Again, he's in the ring with with a top flight. Uh, there's already a built in semi main event, actually. Yes, yes, yes. Semi. You know what? And let's be truthful. After that match, it felt like that was the main event. Right? Yeah, they kind of stitched up uh, Ishimori and Dragon Lee there with the placement of it. But yeah. you understand why they made that choice because Dragon Lee. Was the what well, is the champion and Shimura sure. is the former champion, so it, fair enough, you can't really argue with that. But yeah, an interesting choice to have both of those matches on the same night, 
I, I, listen, I had no complaints because they were two fantastic matches. Uh, but you know, if I'm after after that show, I'm, I'm looking for more Shingo and and show. Three three nights, you know, three matches in for that block, right? Four is right around the corner, and and some big shows at Corrigan right around the corner. Uh, and you know, there's more in the tank. There's there's more there, right? So while numbers wise and win wise, you know. I don't think anybody is too disappointed. Maybe he should have got one more win. Maybe he shouldn't, depend upon where you want to go with the story and all that. I think his performance is, is that of, you know how they have your little career retrospectives and your, uh, uh, as, as pro wrestlers graduate to heavyweight and move on and collect titles, and this will be, be a beginning. This will be a beginning of a, of, a, of a video package for a show as he moves on in his career. Um, and I think the good news is is that if you've enjoyed what you've seen so far, you know that there's more in the tank and there's even better stuff to come just in the next few days, which is awesome. Next up is Titan, who has two points. He beat Kanemaru, lost to Ishimori and Shingo. I'll give him a B for T-Town. He's been absolutely fine. He's got some cool bendy-looking moves that Caprice Coleman has done really well to put over. But the matches have been forgettable. I think he's suffering from being in the wrong block stylistically. I understand why he's been put in A block, but you'd think that he would have more exciting matches that play to his strengths if he was in the flippy block, block B. So I think he is uh, taking one for the team there. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're gonna if you if you had to plop him into a overperforming, underperforming bucket, he might fall into the underperforming bucket. Um, yeah, I, I, like, and, and again, maybe it's because he is a guy that you aren't fully invested in, so it's easier for you to forget things that he's done, right? I don't think anybody in this tournament or anybody watching this tournament is emotionally invested in the in the uh how Teton plays out. You know he's there, he's going to pick up a win, he's going to pick up a loss, but pretty much he's going to be that equalizer that we talked about, right? So it's hard to get emotionally invested in him and and his matches. Uh with that being said, uh yeah, he might be better suited in in block B as opposed to A. I don't think he's done bad, but I don't think he's necessarily done anything to stick out from the pack. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm totally with you there. I mean, I so, know that he can he is capable of having brilliant matches like his yes. match with I said last week the Cavanario match was fantastic. So, when he's in there with the right guy, with the right car placement and enough time, then he can put on brilliant matches, but just the circumstances have dictated that he's not able to do that thus far in the best of the Super Juniors, but I'll reserve judgment until he's had more matches. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm going to give him a solid C, and then uh, we'll see as we go along and, and see, again, what opportunities. I don't think he... Again, when you're, when you're in the bottom half of those singles matches, of those tournament matches... I mean, you're not going too long. As a matter of fact, I saw a stat um, on, I think it was Reddit, I want to say. 
And I got to apologize because I don't I don't have the name of the person who created the chart, but he gave um, I don't want to say he and assume uh, this person should I say uh, created a chart, and if, it's it's on the New Japan uh, Reddit board, Joel. It's, it's, I'm sure it's one of the top posted pin, maybe not pin, but top post. It, it gives average uh, length of uh, matches, right? For the A block and B block. And, and Teton is at the bottom of that list, right? So uh, night one was 11 minutes. Night two was... It. found it. Yep. Night, night one was 11 minutes. Night two, 10 minutes. And night three was 11 minutes. And he is from the bottom, third from the bottom, right? When it comes to total match length of, of three matches that he's had. So again... Um, he, I, I don't know if necessarily he's had the, the opportunity to do what he needs to do. Um, and the, and the people that are below him, Gresham and, and Taka, you know, and we just talked about Taka. So again, a C for what he's got. I don't know if necessarily he's given the opportunity to do what he does best. Next, let's talk about Jonathan Gresham. who has got two points. Lost to Marty Skull and Dragon Lee and beat Taka. I'll give him Gresham a B plus. I think he's continued to get himself over well with the Japanese fans and his style is a very welcome addition to the junior division. It's a bit different to what other people are putting on offer. Uh, like I said, the Taka match was a bit disappointing, but the Dragon Lee match I thought was really good. Uh, it was like two gentlemen having a uh, an honourable match together. They weren't going after each other's injuries. And I liked the way that Gresham was forcing Dragon Lee to wrestle Gresham's style of match, his own like grapple fuck style, uh, but just wasn't able to get it done at the end. And he really sold the frustration of that. So a B plus for Gresham. I love Gresham. I thought, and I'll tell you what, to me, one of the matches that stood out the most was him against Marty Skrull. And again, it wasn't Jesus Christ count match. It wasn't that. It was maybe one of the most smooth, and, and again, I'm going to throw out the word safe, right? Um, but there, there are two guys in there that are performing physically. I don't want to, you know, it, they weren't dropping each other on their heads. But every move felt like meant something, and every move was interesting and countered. And um, again, just this fluidity between the two and a chemistry that just felt so great. Um, and, and when, when, when we were building to, to high spots and crescendos, it, it really felt like they were building. I was invested in this match. I, I'm telling you, man, I thought Skrull and Grisham was one of my favorite matches of the tournament. Again, it wasn't one of those things where I was popping out of my seat, but I was on the edge of my seat, just watching the subtleties and, and the movement and the grace and the style in which these two guys work together, I thought was flawless, smooth as butter, thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and I've really, I've enjoyed Gresham a lot. Um, and again, he's another guy that we just talked about. Do you, do you know the, the name of the Redditor? Do you have that in front of you? Do you know who did that, Joel? Because I want to get yes, sure they get credit. It's Dots218. Okay. So again, go on Reddit. It's there. It, it, it's, it might be updated later. But it gives the times, and I think that's a really true indicator of what you know where they are um, when it comes in this tournament and and the opportunities and so forth. And Gresham is at the bottom of the list with Taka Michinoku, right? For time length of time, a twelve minute match with Marty, nine minutes and nine minutes. So he's not even getting ten minutes to do what he's got to do. So, uh, yeah, I'm giving him a solid B for John Gresham. 
Let's talk about Tiger Mask then, who's on four points. He beat Kanemaru and Taka and lost to Marty Scott, uh, giving Tiger Mask a B minus. I don't have too much to say about him. He's he's playing his role as the veteran hand. He's had his grumpy old boys matches. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with some of the younger guys. But um, yeah, he's been fine. Yeah, he's been fine, especially for a guy who hasn't really worked a lot. <laughs> you know, we haven't really seen that much in singles competition um in 2019 so uh yeah he's done fine he's done what he's needed to do and get people over and uh he's he's but he's but correct me if i'm wrong but he's he's the he's the guy that's winning more matches than he's losing right now right yeah that's right four points so i don't think and if you remember last year he he opened up with three wins in a row right so he's going to play that tenzan role of uh you know start hot and then fade away because he can't keep up so there you go all right good not bad tiger mask good job Next is the villain Marty Skull with four points. He beat Gresham and Tiger Mask and lost to Ishimori. Now, I think we're going to differ a bit on this one because I've been quite disappointed with Marty Skull. I'm giving him a C-. minus. To me, I mean, I was surprised that you said all that about the Gresham match because I can't remember anything about it. I thought the Gresham and the Tiger Mask matches were were okay. They were average. And the Ishimori match I thought was really bad. It was, I said online, it was sort of really weird. It was disjointed. There was no heat. Crowd were dead. It did have some good moments, but it should have been about like half as long. And it it kept losing its way. I thought this was the worst match of the the best of Super Juniors so far. And I found this amusing tweet from at Brit Away Day. He said, I was amused to see Marty Skirl and Taiji Ishimori having a match at New Japan Best of the Super Juniors earlier today. I was in Orpington for their IPW UK bat in 2006 when there was some kind of issue between them during the match. Ishimori lost it with Skirl, attacked him, and Marty ran off backstage. So I don't uh-huh. know, maybe that played into it somewhat. Maybe they just don't like each other. Uh, but overall, I think Marty Skirl is just a bit too gimmicky for me to really get invested in the matches. Again, I really enjoyed that Grisham match. Um, let me let, let, uh, watch that match. I, I mean, again, I always say people always say watch that match again. Nobody ever does, but watch that match again. Um, put on headphones and just watch the match. It really is a beautiful thing that they did. Uh, on the flip side, you're right. That Ishimori match uh, that was that was oil and water. That was just two guys who were not on the same page. Yeah, it was it was the shits. It really was, and you you would not expect that, would you? You know, you know what I mean. Like if I sat there and, and put on paper, okay, Marty and, and Ishimori, you would you would not expect what you got there. Twenty two minutes of just two guys that were just lost with each other, and it never felt like they were. You know, it's kind of almost like a band where they they you know they they lose the beat. You know, the drummer kind of. You know, loses. He's chasing the click, as they say, and he's trying to find the groove again uh, to keep in time. And the bass player is off, and it, and they just could never get the song to to get tight again. And that's what the, the way this felt too. Um, and I tweeted you. I didn't tweet you. I what did I do? I text messaged you or whatever I did, um, letting you know that I was watching the Tiger Mask Marty match. And w- w- read it off. What did I say? Well, let me see here. Um, Give you, I'll give you, I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a, a behind I, I found it. You I found just it? watched Marty Skull work a match versus Tiger Mask where he takes legit four bumps the entire match. Tenzan levels of nothingness. Right, right, right. Four, he took four bumps. One of them was like a, it was like a backbreaker. The other one was a, was a big suplex. I'll give him that. It was, it was the big, uh, uh, double underhook from the top rope. Aside from that, 
that man didn't leave his fucking feet. <laughs> right? And again, we don't know what, what Marty's deal is when it comes to contracts and where he's going and what he's doing. But that match alone felt like a guy who was taking it easy, easy, uh, so that uh, to to save himself, he didn't want any. He's the guy that like doesn't want to show up for like. Maybe you won't get this reference, Joel, but maybe some of these uh, the, the American football fans. But he's the guy. He's the high draft pick who doesn't want to go to the scouting combines because he doesn't want to twist his ankle and wreck his life. Right? He has a big payday going, so he's not going to do anything physical to ruin that. And that that's what it felt like. Uh, he felt like he wasn't going to do anything in that match. So, uh, yeah, I'm probably C. I really like that Grisham match, but I, 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 and maybe I'm that's – but, I, you know, you got two duds to me, two, two kind of uh, – you got to go low C's. Um, so I'm going to go C- minus for Marty. Yeah, okay, we're in agreement now. I'm surprised. Uh, Dragon Lee, four points. He lost to Ishimori. He beat Sho and Gresham. I'll give him A- minus for Dragon Lee. He got, uh, well, Ishimori got his win back. Uh, in I thought it was a really good match. Uh, although it wasn't as good as their title match. And like I said, it suffered from car placement coming up after Sho versus Shingo. The show match, I thought, was good. Uh, there was a crazy crazy suicide dive from dragon lee where he seemed to overshoot the suicide dive and went flying over show's head and nearly crash landed into the crowd so that match was good but david it's 27 minutes long like come on why why did dragon lee versus show need to be so long and i think a lot of these matches are suffering from having to go too long that maybe was one of them but i thought they did a good job anyway uh, the Gresham match I've talked about before is very good too. So I'm interested to see how Dragon Lee is going to do against the more limited workers because he's had his matches against Ishimori, Sho and Gresham who are technically very gifted. So let's see what Dragon Lee can produce when he's facing guys like Marty Skrull or, or Takamich Inoka or Tiger Mask and your likes. Yeah, you're getting guys that are that are being asked to to you know go out there and do 20-minute matches that Let's be honest here. They they might not have that under their belt as of yet, um, and that's a, and that in that in and itself is an art form. I mean, it's one thing to do an eight minute match. There's another thing to do a twenty minute match. Um, again, I think he's done very well, and I think he's super talented, and he's young, and he looks great doing it. And no, I, I don't have an issue with that. And, and again, here's the thing: I think the best is yet to come. I th- I think right now we are in the, you know the. And I want to say the take it easy part of best of the super juniors, but we, we kind of are. You know, these are guys that have to survive this fucking tournament. And so they're, I don't want to say off nights because that's the wrong word, but there, there are going to be times where the, the gas isn't pressed all the way to the floor, right? Because, because it can't be. Um, and I think we'll see even better stuff, e- even giving him an A. Um, I think we're even going to see even more. Again, more Jesus Christ counts than than anything else. Okay, let's look at the top of the block then, where we have Taiji Shimori, who's won all his matches, six points. He's beaten Dragon Lee, Marty, and Titan. Giving a B plus for Ishimori. The Dragon Lee match was really good. The Marty match was shit. And I can't remember much about the Titan match. 
Some speculation going around that maybe he's hurt. I don't know if that was something to do with the botched... Uh, I think it was like a botched tombstone in the Mighty Skull match. Uh, but they're clearly working towards rebuilding Ishimori following his uh, loss at MSG and losing the title rematch against Dragon Lee. But I think Ishimori is going to win out until the last day because he's got Shingo on the last day. Uh, so that's my prediction anyway. Um, how do you feel about Ishimori's output so far? I think it's been good. Um... I would love to see um I would love to see and I don't know if I if I'm going to be able to accurately describe what I'm looking for. So bear with me here. This this is where it will be a bit of a struggle. I want to see a violent Ishimori. I would like to see one match where he is just and maybe we see that with, you know, later down the road like just a real what's the word I'm looking for aggressive uh a, a very angry I don't I guess aggressive would be the best word I'm, I I need to describe and I don't know if I've seen that yet um in this tournament so I think that when we get again I hate to keep bringing up the same points but I think we'll see that as we get later down the road uh, I'm going to correct myself. I don't have Ishimori winning out until the last day. I've got him losing to show as well, uh, which would put him in a scenario where on the final day, if he beats Shingo, then he would have the same number of points, but will be ahead of him by a tiebreaker. So that's okay. how I have it going into. So I think Ishimori is going to win all his matches, but he'll lose to show and then he'll lose to Shingo on the last day, which I think will help rehab him somewhat after losing the title. So he's still a big deal, even though he's not as good as Shingo. Um, all right then, so let's talk about himself. Uh, Shingo Takagi, he's got six points. He beat Sho, Titan and Kanemaru. I'm giving an A for Shingo. We're getting our first taste of him in singles action. Hasn't disappointed. Surprisingly versatile worker because he can work from the top as the bully like he did against Sho. Or he can be the baby face in Peril as he was against Kanemaru. And his selling is really good. So he, he continued to sell the arm after the show match when he was in his match against T-Tam, which I thought was a really nice touch. And it kind of helps keep the show feud alive, even without them being in the same ring together. And we said before, his selling in the Kanemaru match was outstanding. Uh, I've said before, that was my favourite match of the tournament so far. And there was a funny moment with the backstage comments where he nearly uh, choked on Kanemaru's whiskey because he had a little swig after the match. And then uh, on the backstage comments, he, he was like, oh, he doesn't water it down at all, does he? Which I thought was quite funny. So an A for Shingo Takagi. Yeah, A. And to me, he's definitely in the running for MVP of the tournament so far. Um, yeah, a, a well, well-rounded performances. Uh, different... Different uh, feel, different style. Not maybe not different style, but different uh, stories being told in each of the matches. Yeah. Um, I, I, and here's the thing. I don't think it's a shock that he is in the running for MVP. He is uh, certainly, certainly the guy that I would uh, choose for the block A as MVP. Let's move on to B block then and talk about the young line, Ren Narita, who has zero points. He's lost to Doki. Robbie Eagles and Rocky Romero. I am also giving Renderita an A. Now, this is interesting. Now that I'm ah. looking at this time thing, because Renderita has the least time in the block. He's only got 31 minutes and 59 seconds. So I think he's making really effective use of that time. I think he's knocked it out of the park so far. I think he's the best young line of the class. 
The docky match was really, really good, save for uh, a big springboard DDT botch towards the end, but I don't know if that was necessarily Narita's fault. Eagles match, fantastic. One of the best extended squash matches I've ever seen. He was playing the fiery hometown baby face and all the crowd had had little uh, pictures with his face on it. There's a real snap and intensity to his moves. And I like the story that they've been telling. He's not been able to keep the grip on the bridging suplex to get the, the wins in his matches. Some really believable near falls because you, you kind of think maybe he's going to get one win. Who's it going to be against? I know you thought it was going to be against Rocky, but he didn't quite manage that. So I think he's done a great job so far. Here's what he's done. He's been I've been invested in every single one of his matches. Haven't turned away. Haven't looked at the phone. Uh, never bored. Ne- you know, always invested. Uh, there were times where I was buying, absolutely fucking buying, near falls of him getting wins, especially that Rocky match. I felt who who, and we're gonna get to Rocky, who I think has been outstanding so far. Um. I don't know if I can give him an A right now, but I'm giving him a solid B. And I can see where you would give him an A. Let me ask you this. Let's let's spoil it a little bit. Is he in your top three performers for B block so far in the tournament? Here, so he's getting an A. I've got one other person with no two other people with an A. Okay. No, I've got three with an A, three no. other people with an A, and one with an A plus. Woo. Alright. So he's let me ask, is he top three? He's joint seconds with Ooh. There were four four people I've got on A's and he's one Jeez. of them. You're, you're a good grader. You're, you're, you're a good I am grader. I'm loving the B block, Damon. What can I say? Yeah. Okay. But I think he's done an outstanding job. I I I went B. Uh, I you're right, with the limited time that he's had, he's made the most of it. Um, I'll tell you what, if he gets a win in this tournament, that's going to be a fucking great moment. Cause, uh, and it feels like it's building to it. Doesn't it? It does feel like it's building. Yeah. I'm telling you last day, he's going to roll up Bushi, get his win and then sail off into the sunset for his excursion. Mm. And then when he comes back, he'll come back, maybe feud against Bushi. That'll be the long running story that this fucking young lion who rolled me up on the last day of the super juniors and humiliated me. And then I'll have a little feud going with LIJ. It's going to be great, Damon. That's not bad. It does feel like it's building because I'll tell you what, each and every match, and this is another thing that they do very well. And I, when I say they, I mean New Japan, is that it, they, they do a great job of building that anticipation, building that to that moment, right? And having everybody want it. They are also really good at not giving you what you want, right? And having you want and long and be disappointed and feel a little bit of heartbreak for the guy. And then Yeah, you don't always get home. what you want. You don't. You don't always get what you want. But Joel, you know what happens? You get what you need. Right? That's the Rolling Stones, by the way. Um, so yes, they do a great job of that. Right? And that's good. That's a good thing. So we all want it. We all want to see it. I like Joel's scenario, getting the win at the end. Maybe we don't get it. Maybe we, we maybe we got to wait a little bit longer. But yeah, solid performance so far, making the most of it. And uh, yeah, he's he's a cream of the crop when it comes to the young lions this year. Yeah, so you have him above Shota Umino at this point. He's right there with him. I mean, when we're talking the cream of the crop, just like you have your A block kind of stacked up top, you you could have young lions stacked up top too. So, yeah, I think it's one and one A, to be quite honest with you. 
All right, next up is Bushi, who also has zero points. He's lost to El Fantasmo, Rusuke Taguchi, and Will Ospreay. I am giving the Bush a B plus. I think his output has been better than it has been in recent years. He seems more motivated in spite of the results. I don't know if he's sort of worried about losing his spot in the junior division, but he seems to be bringing it. Um, I'm a little bit surprised he's got zero points, but then he has gone up against the three most push guys in the block. So I uh, can't really have too many complaints about that. So uh, I think he's been decent so far. It's been solid. Um, I got no complaints about Bushi. I'm not the biggest Bushi guy, but yeah, I mean he's been he's been fine. I can't. I, I was I was B minus C to be honest with you. Um, I, to me, there's not a lot that's that I could hang my hat on and be like, oh, that was incredible. That was awesome. Uh, but he's been solid. He's been a solid hand. Middle of the pack. Middle of the pack with everything. You know, when we look at that time stamp, uh, middle of the pack there. He's literally middle of the pack. Uh, C grade. Time and uh, well, not a win yet, but I'm sure he'll pick up some. He'll be he'll be he'll play the spoiler role again. I'm sure. We have a question from John Barnes, uh, not the Liverpool footballing legend, who says, "What is that that uh, Bushi sprays, and how does he do that? What do you think it is that Bushi sprays? It looks like motor oil. No, it's food coloring, probably. Because I did it. I did it. Um, Remember when I won the NWA US (laughs) Tag Team Championship? Uh, Yeah, it's a Green, I used green food coloring. Sorry to expose the business, everyone. Um, <laughs> He's just ruined everything. Now, so you're going to be telling us that Father Christmas isn't real. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I had it. You know, I had it. I put it underneath the ring. You know, I had it in my gear. Put it to ringside. Had it in a corner. Um, yeah, when the spot is, I'm outside the ring. Take a swig. Have it. Kind of get more spit. Um, I should have had a bottle. Of water oh, so are you sort of swirling it around your mouth a bit before you do the spray? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's just you. You don't want to go bleh with your tongue. You want to you know, kind of make your lip real tight and just blow it out. And yeah, not like that. You're, you're all sloppy. You got to get to make the mist so that it shoots out. Yeah, well, not a fart, we, We've all so. practiced it in the shower, doing you know, doing the Triple H yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, uh, Joel, do you want, you want another history uh, 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 fact? Hit me. All right. Uh, I don't know if you know this. Uh, former president of the United States, John Quincy Adams. John Quincy Adams was a fan of, of, <laughs> of the early morning skinny dip session during his presidency. So during his presidency, he was pretty notorious for uh, skinny dipping. Um, during his tenure to relax and to uh, unwind. So uh, there you are. There's another uh, historic fun fact brought to you by the Super J cast. This is the best show that we've ever done, Damon. I think so. And I would learn a lot. Right, next up, um, we have Rocky Romero, who's got two points. Lost to Robbie Eagles and Will Ospreay and beat Renderita. I am also giving Rocky Romero an A. He's a really underrated wrestler, and this... Well, these last three matches have helped me appreciate that because if we cast our mind back not too long ago, he had an awesome run with Rapongi Vice in 2016, 2017 before they broke up. And then from that point onwards, he just stopped having proper matches. He's got other roles in the company, but he's only 36. This guy's the same age as guys like Ibushi, Naito, Shingo. People are in their prime. And man, Rocky Romero, he can still go. The Eagles and the Osprey matches were terrific. He works really well from the bottom as the baby face in peril. Osprey clearly adores him, and he kept up with Osprey every step of the way. I think that match, again, it was a bit too long, and the first 10 minutes or so, there wasn't much happening. But the last five minutes of that match, 
I thought were dome worthy. It was great. Like the, the reversals, the counters, the pace, the execution. So my big takeaway from this so far is that I want more from Rocky beyond this tournament because it's clear to me that they could be using more of his talents. Yep, I agree 100. Um, and to me, you know, you, you go into this with names that you, you have expectations on, right? And you have, uh, you know, people on your list that you're, you're, you're not surprised when they perform well. Well, here's the, here's the good news is that there are people on this list, and Rocky Romero probably leads that list of people that eh, maybe your expectations weren't too high, but have over-delivered, right? Now, whether that's justified or not justified, that, that under-expectation, okay, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to be at fault for saying that. But he's over-delivered, he's over-performed, he's been a... a, 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 a bright bit of sunshine um, because you didn't expect it and you're getting more than what you feel like you were looking for. So yes, I gave Rocky a B plus, gave B, a B plus. You know what? Maybe an A minus. It depends. You know, do a little extra credit, you know, <laughs> Rock. Uh, watch, watch, watch the, watch the, uh, watch the, the chalkboard. Do you have to, you ever have to do that in a kid? Was a kid? Watch the chalkboard. You ever have to do that? Uh, no, I can't. Remember. I can't remember. Oh, I All I remember old? from primary school is I had a teacher who he had a special stick wrapped in gold paper that he used to hit the kids with. Holy and, shit! Yeah, obviously wasn't allowed to do that. And then one day he mysteriously disappeared, and the <laughs> story we were given that oh he's he's gone back to uh, spend some time in his home country with his mother. But I knew what was up. Did you get whacked? Uh, I don't remember getting whacked. I don't think I was that naughty when I was a kid. Oh my god! And that's not—I mean, when it was you know—that's not that long ago. My goodness, I can't understand that whole idea of teachers hitting kids. Ah, oh. uh, a different time. All right. Um, so yeah, good job, Rocky. Great job. And uh, I don't know where I was going with my washing the uh, the chalkboard, but <laughs> fuck it. You know what I mean. All right. Ready. Extra credit. Okay. Uh, Tyler says, if Rocky Romero turns in seven more performances like Knights 2 and 4, could we possibly see him winning the junior title at some point? Kevin Kelly has mentioned Rocky wanting that title a few times on commentary. I wouldn't want to see him win it, but I think we could get into a situation where he is challenging for it and has a one-off challenge, maybe at one of these smaller shows. Yes. I could see that, um, but again, look at look at the names that are on this this list. And again, Rocky, if he can go, right, so it would not be a bad match. But I'm just saying from a from a pure promotional standpoint, Dragon Lee, Ishimori, Shingo, Kanemaru, Osprey, if wherever the fuck he winds up, Phantasmo. It just seems like there's a whole laundry list of names that are, you know, at the top of the list that would probably get shots. But yeah, he, I think Rocky would be a guy that would be a really good fit for a champion to get a win over for his, and I don't take this the wrong way, his serious challenge. You know what I mean? Kind of like what evil is when he challenges for the IWGP uh, heavyweight championship. That That's kind of where I kind of see that. So, um yeah, no, no, no titles, but title opportunities. Yeah, I could see that on a smaller show. 
Let's talk about Doki, who has two points. He beat Narita, lost to Taguchi and Bandido. Very controversial figure is Doki. Uh, I ran a Twitter poll to ask what people think of him so far. 28% of people said good. 52% said okay. 20% said bad. So thumbs firmly in the middle for the majority of the Twitter followers there. So, Damon, can you please weigh in on the violent Doki debate that is threatening to tear voices of wrestling apart? Oh, no. Um... Let me let me settle everybody down. The voice of reason. Uh, Doki was brought in in the last fucking minute. He's a guy that is a replacement, and you know who who's available at that short term notice, right? That could fill that role. That, truth be told, is there to lose. He's there to put people over, right? And who wouldn't give a shit, right? He is. I mean, look, his look is grimy, indie, Japanese indie pro wrestling, right? That's his look. That's his feel. That's, as the kids say, his aesthetic, right? That's that's what he is. Now, if that bothers you, if that, like, makes you feel like he's less than, then you're going to have a problem. But I like that—look, look at the Super J Cup, right? They had that element when they brought in fucking FMW guys— you don't think that people were like, who in the fuck are these jabrones, right? It's just, it, 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 it's fine. It adds just a different element. Not everything has to shimmer and not everything has to be polished. There can be that little fucking grimy element. And I'll go so far as to say his matches haven't been bad. They're, they've been there. And he's kind of middle of the road. Again, if we're looking as t- at time being a factor, you know, ten minutes. He had this camp. He had a twenty-one minute match. Who was that against? Taguchi. That was the main event, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was probably the the. Uh, let's be honest here. It was probably the worst main event so far. Um, but it's okay. It, look, it's fucking Doki. He's not. It's, we're not. We're not giving him a contract, and he's not winning the fucking title. He's there to to just. Get us out of a situation that idiots put us in. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I would give Doki a B. Like you said, he's like the hard-hitting, grimy prick. He reminds me of like a boss from Final Fight. I don't know if you ever played that, the side-scrolling 2D beat-em-up. I think Taichi's helped him a lot. He's Taichi... I think in a lot of these suzuki Gun matches, actually, Taichi's been there as the de facto boss of suzuki Gun with Minoru away. And I like Doki's backstory, the guy who's been slumming it in Mexico. He resents the cushy lifestyle of the New Japan trainees these days. Commentary did a really good job in getting that over. I like his music. It kind of reminds me of Psycho Sid's music with the sort of scary uh, violin chords. He's got really nasty looking offense, chair shots, slaps, double foot stomps, stuff like that. Taguchi match, although it was fun, it was quite tropey, but it it was fun. It was like a, a panto play. Uh, you got all the stuff that you'd expect in that kind of match. Uh, 21 minutes long, like you said, but really enjoyable. Uh, he built a very hot mini feud with Bandido by unmasking him the day before. And I think he gave Bandido his best match in the tournament so far. So probably the Mexico connection there. I know they, I think they had worked together before. They know each other. Uh, yeah, like you say, he's fine for a last minute replacement. Uh, we had a question from <laughs> Moonsoul off a fat guy experience. Do you think that New Japan's boom in popularity has hurt the fact that in the past, 
they would have maybe got someone from one of the other Japanese companies to fill in the cancellation spots. So, I mean, you think even as recently as what the G1 in 2016, when they're bringing in guys like uh, Marafuji and Nakajima, those days seem to be gone when, when you say, I can't see them buddying up with any of the other Japanese promotions to bring in people, especially not on last minute replacement. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know who they reached out to, number one, right? So I don't know if there was an attempt or not and if, if that could have been worked out or not. I don't, that I don't know. Um, look, it just seemed like an easy, an easy pick. They already have a relationship with this gentleman who helps them with the Mexico uh, excursions uh, as a liaison and a person who helps kind of dot I's and cross T's for the, for the kids that are coming over. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that they asked and he jumped at the opportunity, right? Uh, look, I, I, I don't, I, I, what, give me what the biggest pushback has been, Joel, because I haven't really been following along. What, 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 where were, one, I can't imagine anybody being upset over something like this, but what, what is the, uh, what's the pushback? What's the problem here? Just that his work is a bit sloppy. He's way below the required level of skill and that his look is bad. His look is bad, right? It's, it's indie pro it's wrestling. It's part of the charm. Right, but that's, right, that's what you're getting, you know? It's like, you know, uh, all right, you know, it's, it, <laughs> it is what it is. I, I can't, I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. And I'll go so far as to say, who are you bringing in on such short notice? That could that could do it, right? That would be a better option. That would be like, okay, I'll lie down to anybody you want me to lie down to. And then I don't know who you're bringing in. Uh, Vince, as what's your opinion on Doki's dragon suplex finish? Does it look too weak? Yo has a strong one. I like it. What does it call it? The suplex della luna or something like that. I think it looks really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, to me, I like it better than the what's that? Tetons was it the twenty one uh, thing? I mean, which uh, Bandido, looks cool. is the twenty-one bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't. I'm, I mean, it looks like it's flippy, but like I'm just like, okay, how is this? What is this? Like you compare that to like uh, Ishimori when he does that slide out the ring suplex. You know what I mean? Or he's doing the back. He's doing the baseball slide through the bottom ropes, and he hooks the guy and just snaps new suplexes on back. Like I like that a lot more. That looks a little bit more devastating than the uh, the twenty-one. Right. Now we're talking suplexes. All right. You want a historical well, let's fact? Let's move on to. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah, on, go on, go on. Come on, we gotta we gotta stay on point here. Um, uh, Zachary Taylor, Joel. I don't know. He died in a weird way. By the way, I'm reading this off of uh, some fucking list off the internet. Uh, what exactly was uh, Taylor's legacy? Well, we're not exactly sure, but we do know that his sudden death had something to do with eating cherries and milk. So apparently, Zachary Taylor died from eating cherries and milk. I don't know what that means, but eh, we're staying on brand. Huh, cherries and milk. I never would have guessed. Never would have guessed. Right, let me segue that clumsily into talking about Bandido then, <laughs> uh, who has two points. He lost to El Fantasma and Yo. He beat Doki. Give it a B- minus to Bandido. Now, here's a hot take for you, Damon. Very, very spicy. I think... Bandido is a slightly better version of Flip Gordon. I think he's stilted. He relies on clunky spots where one guy is hanging around for ages, like the the 450 on the ropes thing. 
To me, he seems to be better in short spot fests. But I think he will do better with better opponents as the tournament continues. Maybe he's a bit nervous. Uh, I like the way they've been sort of building the story. Can he hit the 21-plex? Um, yeah, I think he had his best match with Doki because uh, apparently they know each other. Maybe it was a lucha style. But Bandido, I've been disappointed so far. Yeah, he. I don't think he's really hit the mark for me either. Um, we all kind of gushed over his match with Will Ospreay. And it was good, but you're in the ring with Will Ospreay, right? And I think with opponents that might be of a lesser caliber, we're seeing that, you know, there's some holes in his game. I had a uh, a person direct message me on Slack, Joel, which is highly odd because I don't, I don't, I don't want to be direct message. The Slack or the Discord? <laughs> uh, Discord, the Discord, the Discord. Uh, I was like, yeah, oh. don't don't direct message Damon without asking yeah. permission first. He, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> you gotta go through one of the uh, deputies first. Ask yeah, permission. I, yeah, I can't. Like, I, I don't want. I just I get exhausted very easily when it comes to that stuff, uh, and I'll wind up ghosting. Um, anywho, um, talking about how he wasn't a fan of the specifically the striking ability, right of. Uh, of Bandito. Not not a strength of theirs. And I would agree. I, I actually agreed. I was like, yeah, it's not really. I mean, I guess they do it, you know, when in Rome, as I explained. They feel they need to do that, but it's not really a, a, a strong point. Yeah, I'm kind of um, kind of middle of the road right now with Bandito. I'd, a little dis- – and truth be told, if, if I'm high on Rocky Romero, I'm probably low on Bandito. Um, hasn't really connected with me personally as of yet. Um, maybe brighter things are around the corner. But yeah, a, a, a little bit more polished Flip Gordon. <sighs> not too far off the mark right now. I mean, just so far. Not too far off the mark for me. All right, then. Uh, Yo, two points. He beat Bandido, lost to Taguchi and Osprey. I'm giving a B plus for Yo. The gear's back, David. The tassels are back. I know we had some... A bit of controversy about that last year. You weren't a fan of the tassels. Uh, Bandido match wasn't great. Again, like I said, a bit stilted, a bit clunky. Didn't look like a smooth wrestling match. Taguchi match was really good once they got the the horny butt-related comedy out of the way. Now, I wrote this prior to the Osprey match because I thought, well, I, I still think to an extent, Yo is a bit too much of a clean-cut baby face for me because I want to see a bit of grit. I want to see a bit of an edge. And everything in a Yo match felt a bit too smooth, a bit too shiny. I need my rough edges, Damon. Yeah, but like then, a little sandpaper. Yeah, yeah, a bit of stubble. But then in this Osprey match, he started going after Osprey's leg, and there were just some great spots like the calf crusher after Osprey missed the shooting star press. Give me more of that, Yo. I want to see ruthless Yo, more of the Yo who's out there to win wrestling matches, not not smooth and shiny Yo. Uh, but I thought it was interesting. They didn't give him new music. Show's got the new music, but Yo, no new music. So your yeah. thoughts on Yo so far, please. Yeah. I, I like... Whoa, what's going on over there? What are you doing? <laughs> He's got to mute himself. See, this is what happens. I And I'm going to talk about Yo. And he goes and takes a piss. He's going to take a piss. Did you hear that? Oh, you're taking a piss, aren't you? 
No, I had to let Scampi in. He was crying to come in. I don't know if you could hear him when I was We heard everything. We heard everything. You didn't mute. You got to mute yourself. Heard everything. We heard crying cats. We heard chairs screeching across the floor. No, I muted myself. You heard it, but the the viewers wouldn't have heard that. Oh. The viewers? What are they looking at? (laughs) (laughs) Staring at that lovely logo that Brett made us. Uh, That's right. That is a nice logo. I I do like that a lot. All right. I I heard it. Okay. All right. So then maybe my rant was for naught. All right. So anywho, we're talking about Yo. Um, Yeah. I think that's the one thing that's separating Yo and Sho is that with Sho, you are getting that grit and that sandpaper, and that's what's making people fall in love with him. You need that. You need that, that... that I don't want to say negative energy, but you you need that fire um, to help you make you a more well-rounded pro wrestler. You see glimpses of that with Yo, but yeah, you're right. It is more of a polished thing. Um, he he is a like to me. He's Ricky Steamboat, where it's it's hard for you to see him get that sandpaper and that grit. But when it does, it really connects it. It really, it, it, you know. So he needs he needs a big time angle is what he needs to to have him get some kind of redemption. Uh, he needs to be brutalized and, and, and find a way. He needs he needs to get a, a ring bell dropped on his on his throat so that he can find a way to come back and beat Randy Savage. Um, I like his matches. I thought his match was off with with Osprey was great. Um, I don't think that was ever in question, though. I, I just think that you need a little bit more character development with with Yo, um, and that sandpaper and grit is really the missing component, I think, that we need. Yeah, because Sho's had this ongoing story with Shingo, which has done absolute wonders for his character development, but Yo needs that. He needs a rival, doesn't he? He does. He does. And it needs to be... And it needs to feel... Dare I say, it needs to feel violent. Like it needs to feel like something is is dangerous, and you don't feel dangerous in a yo match. I'm not saying you need barbed wire. I'm not saying you need needs to you know fall from a death match. Building. Yo, go to right. Big Japan, yo. <laughs> big Japan, we need Big Japan, yo. Um, I want to see Yo get his jaw dislocated by Junkasai fucking twatting him right in the jaw. Yeah, didn't he crack on one right? Um, so yeah, I mean, but that's what you need. But that's what you need. Um, like right now, he feels. He feels, right. And, and again, this is, and I, I'm speaking as a dumb American guy. He doesn't feel dangerous. He feels safe, and he feels. Uh, he doesn't feel dangerous. He doesn't feel um, violent. He doesn't feel. I don't know. He just, he feels. Uh, I I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but he doesn't smooth he doesn't shiny. have it. What's that? Smooth and shiny. He is. He's smooth and shiny, and he's he's packaged as a baby face for you know kids. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like he feels like he's packaged for um kids. And he needs to be packaged for. He doesn't need to be packaged for, but I think, uh, again, the difference between show and yo is that show has grown out of that packaged for kids. He doesn't feel like he's packaged for kids anymore. Yo feels like he's packaged for kids. Yeah, totally agree. He'd be the kind of character you'd 
expect to see on 205 Live or something like that. Uh, we have a question from Stuart. He said, if the eventual plan is for Shingo, Will and Show to head to heavyweight, although I'm less confident on Show than the other two, is Yo the natural next junior ace? He's a great wrestler who is over everywhere they go and reminds me of Kushida in that he's ridiculously likable. And Kyle says, do you think Show ends up turning on Yo at the conclusion of Best of the Super Juniors? I feel they're subconsciously dropping hints during Dontaku and with his interview before the tournament. Now, let's remember, first of all, they are still the junior tag team champions. So yes. there's not going to be any breakup until they've dropped those belts. But I think, if anything, I could see Yo... Ah, could I see Yo turning on show? I think it would benefit Yo more. Me Although too. Yo is... He, he is insanely popular at the moment. So maybe we're in the kind... This is just sort of us as sort of grumpy Westerners thinking that Yo's not working. Whereas with a domestic audience, maybe they think Yo's perfect just the way he is. Personally, right. I think it would be cool to have Yo turning on show and then joining LIJ. Yeah. Like, I, I would want... If there's going to... And I, I kind of talked about that, that I kind of see that's where it's going. Like, I kind of... I've, I've always have. There's always been that built-in rivalry that they had, um, you know, as young lions. And that, and that can continue. Um, yeah, I, I kind of see... Maybe a little jealousy angle, maybe a little something like that. And again, this is a Western eyes perspective of this, right? Um, you're right. Maybe from a from a Japanese audience perspective, this is fine. Uh, this is you know exactly what we need. From our perspective, it's you would want that grit and sandpaper, and that's a good way to do it. Have a turn, have a have a nice little package there, and and give them something to fight about to help elevate both guys. Right, so I let Scampi in, and as soon as I let him in, then Gati is sitting outside the door. She's crying to come in as well. So I'm going to let both of them in. All right. And whilst I'm doing that, can you please tell me what you think about one Robert Eagles? Robert Eagles, I'm familiar with him. He's in the best of the Super Junior. Uh, he's done well. I haven't... Uh, I feel bad for him because I know that, he, the, given the opportunity, I feel like he would be... He would be a good fit for Bullet Club. The pro- my God, all I hear is just so much banging, clattering. I hope everyone can hear it. I don't think they <laughs> I can. I might upload that. I've got Mally's been sending me these videos of the cats outside the the door crying to come in. Maybe I'll put them on Twitter without yeah, comment. Yeah. yeah, just just chuck them right on up. Um, I, I I never thought I'd say this, but I feel like Bullet Club right now is just jam packed with. Junior, like, where do you fit in if you're a junior in Bullet Club? Between Ishimori, El Phantasmo, Robbie Eagles, like, do we, I mean, it seems like there's a lot. Why? Why do we need so many? I, I can't imagine Junior Tag Team, Damon. You got your your singles ace, and then your Junior Tag Team. Okay, I mean, we had that in Suzuki Goon, right? I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, it feels like. Robbie Eagles and El Fantasmo are kind of not the same person, but they're the same. Like if I needed to pigeonhole a person into a slot in book, like they both fit that groove. So why would I need two? Right. Um, and it feels like El Fantasmo is, is the guy that they're going with. Um, I think he's done well. I think he's done fine. But truth be told to me, there really hasn't been much that stuck out. He hasn't really hasn't really connected with me. I'm looking at the timestamps. 
bottom of the pack. I mean, he's right there with El Fantasma, though, when you're looking at timestamps. And again, not to say that that means necessarily anything, but hasn't really been anything that's stuck out for me for Robbie, from Robbie Eagles. Huh, now I'm going to take a complete opposite stance. I think Robbie Eagles has been great. I've given him an A. I think he's been the best of the imports by some distance. He's fast. He's really? sharp. He's got targeted offense. The way he targets the knee, surgical in its precision. I think he's got a great moveset. He meshes well with all his opponents, tells good in-ring stories. I think he's been much more impressive uh, than he was in the Super Junior Tag League. And I think he's been way better than El Fantasmo. To me... He's a guy that is, you could say that for just about any of them, though. Like, like to me, that's a pretty low bar. Like, like go through that list. Who hasn't done that? Who hasn't done what? Connected, uh, having matches that have made sense and have, have pro- progressed and have built and have told a story. And um, Okay, I'll give like, you two, Bandido and El Fantasmo. I think if I'm comparing them directly to those two yeah. guys, which obviously I am, but given that they're in the same block, I think he's been streets ahead of them. You give him an A? Yeah, I think he's been terrific. Okay. I think he's been good. I, I, um, but I think he's been there. I mean, I, I, I tr- trust me, if, 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 if all the moons and stars aligned, a B minus? For me, oh, you give him an A. You think he's up there with with Will? Uh, I have him just a shade behind Will, and what I do- think their singles match when they have their match together is going to blow people away. What was the best match for for Robbie Eagles? Um, it's really hard for me to pick between the Rocky match and the Narita match because they were different kinds of matches, had different dynamics. But uh, uh, we'll probably say the Narita match. I thought that was very, very good. I thought it was. I thought it was very good. Again, but I don't. An A. Ooh. Um. I mean, and again, I. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm. I'm killing the guy saying B minus. Fine. I don't. I don't. But I'm. I, I think you're. You're much higher on him than I am right now. Right, uh, let's talk about his Bullet Club partner then, El Fantasma. He's on six points. He's beaten Bandido, Bushi, and Eagles. I am giving El Fantasma a C plus. Now this guy, he's a piece of shit. He's flipped off a baby, smashed the kids, cut out of the Ref Pro Cruiserweight title. He's spitting on his hand before shaking people's hands. He's kissing his belt very passionately. He's saying really stupid things like to Bandido, "Are you going to shoot me with your fake gun?" Well, that's one thing. But did you see this moment in, I think it was the last show, Damien, yep, where he took the hat off of a fan who clearly had Down syndrome. And you could see that he noticed and he was thinking, should I do this or not? And he did it anyway. To me, Damon, that's crossing the line. I thought that was really gross. Uh, look, uh, even in 2019, I think heel stuff is pretty silly right just in general in pro wrestling because nobody buys a ticket to see someone get beat you know what i mean like i no one does it you you go to wrestling to to watch matches and be entertained and boo heel sure but but nobody's going to a, buy a ticket to see somebody get their ass like it's just it's not 1986 right but i get the fact that okay we're bullet club we're we don't care blah 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 
you got to have half a fucking brain in your head to know the difference between I'm being a heel and I'm being I, – I, I just – yeah, I saw that. And I was like – and look, I am not Mr. Get Offended by Things. I just don't. So we're not going to have a new, new segment called Woke Damon? No, we're not, right? I couldn't believe this company. Look, I don't know what the conversation was in the back after it was done. Uh, You'd have to imagine Uncle Harold watching that being like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah, Uncle Harold and Uncle Craven, instead of, hey, Mike, instead of giving a history lesson on a podcast, I hope that you were backstage. Uh, given a little talking to. Because that kind of shit is just, what are you thinking? And again, you're right. There was a moment where he grabbed the kid's hat. And the kid is standing there, looking at him. And he's looking at him. And he had a moment where clarity could have come into path. You know, it, 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 and he could have just t- threw it, you know, just tossed it at him. I don't know. So, he did it anyway. I, I just, like, pfft. look, I, I don't know. To me, if you're a heel and you want to be a heel, be a heel. But there are a thousand ways better to, to be a heel. I'm sorry. It, it, that was just, come this on. This ain't it, Chief. That ain't it, Chief. You got that right. And... Again, I know we're going to heal. Well, he was, he's being a heel. and it, Like, that doesn't make me want to buy a ticket. In fact, it makes me want to stay away. And it makes me like, ugh, really? Come on. I remember, I remember seeing him at RevPro when I went to RevPro with the cockpit. <laughs> we were making fun of him because he was Canadian. So I was giving him every Canadian reference I could. <laughs> me and Joel and uh... – other people that were there. All right, uh, but yeah, I saw that, and it, it and and this is legit. It was not something that I ever want to see again. I don't want to ever want to see that again. All right, well, let's put that to one side and talk about his wrestling. I mean, I get the persona he's trying to portray. He's like the dickhead at a rave who'd spill your beer and try and get off with your girlfriend. It's kind of fun to hate him. Uh, he was the first guy to do the dick move uh, when he was fighting against his teammate Robbie Eagles. But to me, he's in the same boat as bandido he's not very fluid he's a clear a clear step behind guys like osprey and eagles his moveset's a bit gimmicky and he's doing the whole cheating to win gimmick uh i i just think he's not up to scratch i can see he's a person who's getting a big push but i hope they don't have him in line to be winning the the junior title and going for a run with it because i don't think he's good enough it's like he's got a checklist of moves that he wants to get in and doesn't really care about what happens in between those spots. Yeah. Uh, it's it. I've seen better, right? I, I think he's, he's, I think he's good. I think he's, I, I like him, right? I like the, the stuff that I see in the ring. It, it hasn't connected with me right now in, in this tournament. Um, I mean, if you're taking his rev pro body of work, I definitely appreciate that more than what I'm seeing here. Um, and again, he's got he's got opportunity. He's going to be working with people that he's very familiar with coming up soon. Will Osprey in particular. So, um, 
again, it's one thing to be able to work with someone that you worked with a lot and be good and work with a bunch of different people and be good. Um, I think I think the jury's still out. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. This is, these are his first three matches here in New Japan. He's got a little bit of hype behind him, though. I'm not going to lie. He's got a little bit of hype behind him. Um, and I don't know if, he, if, if, as of right now, have has lived up to that hype. Uh, but I think he'll have opportunities to shine later this week. Um, again, I, I know I'm, I was a little hard on that gimmick, but it, that 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 really left a really bad taste in my mouth. I I, I can't tell you. I I'm, and I know it, people might be like, I oh, just blow it off and fuck. I'm telling you right now, that left. Like if you want to do that to a guy who's sitting at ringside, okay, fine. Ha, ha, ha. He threw his hat. Great. Uh, you want to do that to uh, a young lady at ringside? Okay, great. Do do that. Dude, you fucking looked right in the kid's eyes. You mean to tell me there wasn't a moment where you were like, this is not the time. I just, it just, I, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I hate to go off on a fucking rant with that, but I, I like, oof. That bothered me a lot. It really fucking bothered me a lot. I don't feel that any other quote-unquote heel in the company would do something like that. Well, Tama Tonga went out and choked somebody. But okay, yeah, but but at least that wasn't even. A goal. Even I don't right. think Tama Tonga would sink this low. None right. of the other heels, like you know, the Suzuki, Taichi, Farley, whatever. I don't think they would do something like that. And to me, it belies a certain degree of ugliness in the the man. Not just a wrestler. I, again, it's just common sense. I just, I've, I'm going to be, oh God, I, in my 40 years of watching this, I've never seen anything like that. Like, like, I, I, I cannot, I, not Terry Funk, not Bruiser Brody, not Abdul the Butcher, not, uh, I'm trying to not Roddy Piper. I'm trying to think of fucking heels, like just fucking heels. Not uh, uh, Tully Blanchard. Not like I can't fucking. Again, he didn't haul off and crack the kid in the face. But he's wh- building up to that. He's going to do that. <laughs> he's well. working up to it. Okay, all right. I don't understand it, man. That I just don't. And and. <sighs> Like I'm not the guy that's going to be like apologize to the kid. I want something. You're cancelled. Yeah, you're cancelled. No, I'm not doing that. I hope that at least one there was a talking to. I don't want the guy to lose his job. I don't want the guy to 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 be fired and not New Japan not use him. But I would hope that there would be some communication to him to kind of clue him in to be like, all right, you 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 went a little far. Let's 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 pump the brakes a little bit on this, right? Right, and I hope the company found a way, in some way, to make that pro wrestling experience better for that kid. Whether that's I noticed hat- uh, Osprey did go over to him when he had his match I did too. and gave yep. him a little thumbs up. I did, and 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 and, and good job, Will Osprey. Good job. And again, he's. I don't want to get into fucking heel and babyface bullshit, but I hope that there was something else that was done to kind of make. I, I, how do you do that? I don't fucking. Un, I don't know. I'm, I'm really getting angry about it, and I, and I should just step back. But I hope something was done. I don't want the guy to lose his job. I don't want him to lose his spot in the company. But 
Man, there had better have been a fucking talking to. There had better have been a fucking talking to. Let's move on then to Will Ospreay, who's also on six points. He's beaten Bushi, Rocky, and Yo. I am giving Will Ospreay an A+, because Billiam, as the kids call him, is pretty, pretty good at this pro wrestling thing, isn't he? It seems, Damon, that everything he touches turns to gold. I, I don't know what else to say. He's amazing. He's had three matches against, let's be honest, not the sexiest of opponents, and he's delivered three bangers. Now, he's either lifting these guys or they're bringing their A game to the table. Maybe it's a bit of both. And one thing that's really stood out to me is how much Osprey's selling has improved because it was something he got a bad rep for. He rewind like, you know, two, two and a half years ago with all the screaming and he sort of flex his leg and then he'd just brush it off and do all his high flying shit for the rest of the match. But the Yo match in particular, that moment where he did the shooting star press and Yo moved out of the way and Osprey landed on his knee and then his knee just buckled under him. It looked great. It looked like he was legitimately hurt. So after that, you, you know, if I see a leg match, I want to see that play into the finish. He did a one leg storm breaker. What more do you want? I thought it was great. If I'm going to have a slight complaint for Osprey, I think he should have beaten Rocky faster. Not every main or co-main needs to go 20 plus minutes, but it seems that maybe because he's on his way out of the division, but it seems to me that Osprey is on a mission to make every single one of his opponents look like an absolute star. Can you imagine the Renderita match? I was saying on the Slack earlier, you can just imagine there's going to be a moment where there'll be a roller and Narita's going to get a 2.99 pin forward and Osprey's going to kick out of the last minute and he's going to pull a silly face like the the lol meme face with his big wide eyes and his mouth open like, oh, he nearly got me kind of face and it's going to be hilarious. So massive thumbs up for Will Osprey. Will Osprey is MVP of that block for me. He is right up there with Shingo for MVP of the of the entire tournament. He is a world-class performer. His his selling of the leg was great. Uh, loved it. Um, matches have all been superb. A-plus for me. Um, and once again, I don't even think... Like, I, I, I really think that there's more in the tank, right? I don't even think he's giving us his best. Right? Do you think? Do you think right now you've gotten the best of best Will Osprey right now? No, I mean I think no. he's saving himself for the final in Sumo Hall against Shingo, and I think that's going to be a match of the year candidate. Yeah. So what does that what does that say for that guy's talent, and what does that say for the for for who he is and how valuable he is to the promotion? Think about that too. How valuable is Will Osprey to this promotion? Like, to me, he is the North American, Western, British, non-Japanese version, and stay with me here, of Tomohiro Ishii. He can work with anyone, have a great match. Uh, He's not going to be a world champion. He's going to be a never champion. He might be an intercontinental champion. He's someone that you can draw money with and you can build around and have great programs with. He's Ishii. Every time you stick him out there, he's going to perform. And nine times out of ten, given the, the a, a potential matchup on paper that may not be as sexy as it could be, he makes it tremendous. He's a great fucking pro wrestler. Great pro wrestler. And think about this. You know, when, when we were first exposed to him, maybe, what, three, four years ago, maybe even a little bit longer, 
you know, his Rev Pro stuff and his PWG stuff and all that, everyone was 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 mystified by what he could do in the ring physically, right? Doing shit that's really, you know, you were like, how how does a human being do this shit? And then best of the super juniors, you know, that match with Ricochet that that you know that everyone's heads exploded and it was on ESPN and all that stuff. Look at where he's come from. And look at to where he is now. Like legitimately, you could put him on a on a very short list of some of the best pro wrestlers in the world. Right? You could put him and, on that short list and be uh, comfortable uh, doing that. Another thing that I think is important here is that he is getting other people over. I could give you a list of about 10 names and their best match in their career has been against Will Ospreay. Yeah, yeah. And he does it for a myriad of companies. You know, let's not even just say New Japan. This is a guy that's doing this, you know, every time he steps in a ring for every single promotion. Now, how does he do it? How does he physically maintain that? I mean, you know, know, everybody knows, you know, how he's held together with duct tape, it feels like, at times. Look, he is world-class, world-class. Not many people on a short list that are better than Will Ospreay, Will Ospreay right now. Um, just just a, a tremendous asset for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, okay, would we all love for him to delete the Twitter? Does he make missteps? Of course, of course he does. But in-ring and, and value for a promotion, any promotion, he's top of the list for me. He's really high up on that list. So uh, MVP, A-plus so far for the best of the Super Juniors. Damon, yes or no, Will Ospreay, IWGP heavyweight champion? <sighs> you could. You, I'll go so far as to say you could, and it would not be the craziest thing. He he could he could I, I what I, I like like of guys who ha, who haven't worn the title. Could you elevate him to that level? Wouldn't it be that difficult. I tell you what, there 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 are a lot of purists that are, you know, choking back some some vibe, some vomit in their mouth right now. But look, you can't deny the fact that he has he's not the same Will Osprey of four years ago. Even like one year ago, you could go back and listen to older podcasts where I've been very critical of certain things that he's done in the ring, and he's he's just improved so much. Yeah. He's on a short he, – again, I'm talking about short list. He's on a short list of people that I would, I would give that nod to. Again, I'm very protective of that title. Maybe not a bad, maybe not a bad idea. Maybe, maybe not a bad idea. Uh, I wouldn't have a problem with it. One question mark for me is we've had Taguchi in three, all three main events of the B-Block shows and Will Ospreay in none of the main events. Do you think Osprey should have been in some of these main events over Taguchi? Or do you think maybe this is... Well, it could be two things here. It could be they're trying to build up Taguchi as a serious threat to the B block. Or they want a native Japanese speaker closing the night. 
Yeah, that's the biggest. That's one of, one of the bigger challenges. I mean, you don't have that necessarily with uh, Jay White, but again, keep in mind Jay White has Gato to, to help uh, connect that bridge. So um, that would be maybe a little bit of a well, struggle. One thing with the Jay White is if he's speaking English and the crowd don't understand, they want them to boo Jay White, but right. they don't want people to boo Osprey. So presumably right. they want someone close to the night who's going to get, uh, well, if it's a baby face, to get a positive reaction. Yeah. Now, I'm not the guy that's going to sit here and tell you that, oh, he has to speak the native language, blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I, but I, th- I can't imagine it not being, um, uh, let's put it this way. It helped Kenny Omega get a title run. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I, I think that that it was very helpful to have him be comfortable speaking the language. And, and and again, I don't think that's going to keep him from doing it. But it, you know, look at AJ, right? AJ uh, is an example of, of somebody who couldn't speak the language. He could barely speak English for crying out loud. So yeah, that's uh, it. Would it would only help. All right, and our last wrestler to talk about is Ryusuke Taguchi, who is on six points. He's beaten Doki, Yo, and Bushi. I am giving an A to Big Match Gooch. And we said last week, David, we needed some big performances from him. I think we've got them. He showed a nasty side against Bushi, where he was cranking the ankle, and he did the elbow drop on the leg before he did the oh my anchor ankle. He's had three main events in a row, and it seems like he's going to be challenging Osprey for the block because they face each other on the last night of B block. He had a really fun main event with Doki, which I've spoken about already. And the Yo match, which was the little story of the Sendai Sailor Boys because they're both local lads there. Uh, he's been talking in the backstage stuff about using Wikipedia to help him remember moves that he's forgotten. He's been coming out plugging Yano's curry. It's been a lot of fun, and I think he's been delivering in the matches. And also the post-match promos, he's been making quite filthy jokes. He's been saying stuff like, I'm hard, I'm going to spray everywhere. Uh, when it comes to expressing words of gratitude, you have to spit, not swallow. But dirty <laughs> get. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know what? Maybe he needs a talking to. Maybe they, you know, maybe he needs a talking to with this, this potty mouth. He's, he's got uh, very high fuck energy, doesn't he? He really, yeah, that's what the kids say, right? Um, I like Taguchi. I like serious Taguchi. I can even put up with comedy Taguchi. Um, I'm not offended by Taguchi. There are times where I, 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 I can take him in pieces. I don't need too much Taguchi with the comedy, but I can, I, 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 I can appreciate it. I don't mind it. Great performance so far. He's the guy that, to me, the promotion and the company is turning to on these, again, maybe not as important, air quotes, best of the Super Junior shows. Like, he's been a, a, a key component and a vital cog in that wheel to keep the, the machine going as we get moving along into the later days and later weeks. So... With that being said, B-plus for me. I can't quite give him an A. But I think he's outperformed and outshined uh, my expectations going into these three nights. I mean, I can only imagine being someone like Taguchi and being told, hey, you need to main event this show with Doki. And he's like, oh, Jesus. Okay, right. Let's go backstage. Okay, let's see what we can do. Let's do this, 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 and this. 
and then they're sitting there backstage and watching Osprey and Rocky Romero just tear the house down and thinking, oh, boys, really, you stitched me up here. But he's been an absolute professional to Gucci and I think he's gone up there in all three of those matches and absolutely delivered. So thumbs up for the Gooch. Yep. So uh, let's move on to a few questions. Uh, I want to get out of here because I want to, I've, my episode of Game of Thrones is downloaded, so I want to oh, watch man. it. I'm hate-watching at this point, Damon. <laughs> uh, I'm very critical of the TV show, but I've got to see it through. So just one episode left. So right. let's do a few questions. Rocco says, can you see Eagles or El Fantasmo holding the junior championship? Um, right now, I don't think he's the guy that's going to, to carry gold. I think he's, I think he's a uh, junior tag. Uh, I just think there's guys that are just above him in the pecking order to hold the title. Um, and again, that's not that a knock both, both of them, Eagles and ELP? Um, well, I mean, the, the question was, do I see Eagles as IWGP champion, right? No, the question was Eagles or El Fantasmo. Oh, uh, El Fantasmo probably over over Eagles at this point. Yeah, I, just the way that he's been booked, I could see El Fantasmo winning it. But if I were management, I would be watching thinking, huh, we're pushing the wrong guy here. I don't know if I would have uh, Eagles win the title. Yeah, I mean, maybe somewhere down the line, maybe next year, if you're running one of these Australia shows, main event with Eagles versus whoever's junior champion at the time and have him win that, I think that would be a great moment. But uh, certainly not. I don't think either of them are ready for it yet. Uh, and I think Eagles has got way more upside than El Fantasmo. Ben Hallahan says, biggest success and biggest failure at best of the Super Juniors so far. And Lee says, biggest disappointment so far. So for me, biggest success, hmm, I just have to say Will Ospreay because he's just, like I said, he's elevated everything he's touched. Taguchi, I think it's been a big success so far. Um, so well, there's so many people I want. Shingo's been a success. I don't know if I've got to see the biggest one. Will Ospreay is my biggest success. Biggest failure, El Fantasmo. I think it's been a big disappointment for me. Hmm. Okay, I would say, and I'm, I'm using as my expectations to where they are, right? Um, I would say biggest uh, plus would be show. Um, I think he's. this is a tournament that already has, has made him better than what he was going into it. And for me, Marty Skrull may be the guy, or Bandito might be the guy who, going into it, I had higher expectations, but they are lower at this point right now. Anders says, which imports have impressed you the most? Uh, anyone you'd like to see regularly in New Japan? My answer for that would be Robbie Eagles. Mine would be Grisham. Zach Attack says, any thoughts on who's most improved in this year's best of the Super Juniors as opposed to last year's? I feel like Yo has really stepped up his game from being merely solid in 2018 to consistently very good slash great in this go around. Um, I would say I think Taguchi has most improved and to a lesser extent Bushi. I think Bushi's output has been really good this year. I would go most improved show Yo. Um, Narita's got to be in that list. Um... Uh, yeah, I think that they, they, those guys would be... We're talking about improvement, mind you. I think those would be top of the list. 
So next time we talk, Damon, which I guess will be this time next week, there will have been four shows. 2,000. <laughs> it feels four like shows, shows and 40 matches. So these oh four God. shows between now and then are the massive ones, the 10-match shows. So we're going to start off uh, Wednesday in Karakuen Hall where we have Ishimori against Taka. Bandido against Renarita, Titan against Gresham, Rocky versus Yo, which will be interesting with the Rapongi 3K connection there, Tiger Mask against Dragon Lee, Bushi against Doki, 